Hello, I am Xavier Small, for those of you who don't know me, and I am a licensed therapist, and I am also the counseling pastor here at Rosedale, and so I'm excited to be able to spend some time uh, with you guys today. What I've done is I've hand given you all a handout because, again, we're going to try to cover a lot of information in a little bit of time, and so... Um, Worst case, if we have to just kind of go to bullet points, you already kind of have them. So we'll go ahead and jump in. So, um, of course, it's bullying, uh, bullying prevention month, bullying awareness month. And so uh, we're going to cover some good stuff. So first, I want to start off with talking about what bullying is. Bullying is a form of aggressive behavior characterized by repeated, intentional and harmful actions or behaviors directed towards an individual or a group of individuals who have a difficulty defending themselves, okay? Bullying is a form of aggressive behavior characterized by repeated, intentional, and harmful actions or behaviors directed toward an individual or a group of individuals who have difficulty defending themselves. And so we're going to go and break down into some of these key tenets of bullying. So a big component of bullying um, is that there is usually some form of power imbalance, um, especially when you deal with it as it pertains to kids. Um, you have it listed on your sheet. Some of those things might be that they are physically stronger or they are uh, more popular or they are older or they have more resources. That might mean money or clothes or toys or games. Um, etc. All right. So I know some of the most popular forms of bullying is the more physical kind, but we're going to see today that it exists in different facets. It can also happen in various places. It can happen in person. It can happen online. It can happen in the workplace. Um, it can happen in the community. And so bullying, what we're going to see is, is very multifaceted. Um, and something that's interesting about this is that although it it's more repeated. It can have more isolated incidents, but bullying is usually characterized by something happening over and over, right? So kids, we can probably all agree that kids can be very mean <laughs> to each other and to their teachers even, right? Um, but it's usually something that is, uh, that is a repetitious behavior. And in doing so, the individual is doing it with the intent to cause harm. So sometimes kids just don't have any... Um, that, that natural theme of kindness might be a struggle for a lot of kids, um, but that doesn't automatically mean that their intention is to cause harm. That doesn't mean that their intention is to intimidate or to control. Um, bullying is usually characterized by someone who has caused harm. They're trying to intimidate someone. They're trying to control uh, the person. And so it's important to, to look at those, those, those components. What are the effects of bullying? What are the effects of bullying? And this is really important uh, that we're going to look at today. Uh, uh, the effects of bullying can be characterized by all kinds of harm. Emotional harm, uh, uh, psychological harm, physical harm, feelings of fear or anxiety, feelings of humiliation, feelings of depression, low self-esteem, and even suicide, which is one of the leading causes of death in teenagers in non-violent ways, right? Um, so as we can see that the effects of bullying can be absolutely catastrophic, okay? 
bullying exists in various forms, lots of different forms. And I want to take some time and slow down and kind of walk through what these different ones are. So uh, one of the first forms is bullying, of, of verbal bullying. This involves using words to hurt, threaten, intimidate the victim. Verbal bullying can include name-calling, teasing, taunting, insulting, making derogatory comments, and using offensive languages. Okay? As physical bullying. Physical bullying involves using physical force or aggression to harm the victim. This can include hitting, kicking, pushing, punching, tripping, spitting, or any other form of physical aggression. Another way is social bullying. Social bullying, also known as relational aggression, involves manipulating relationships and social dynamics to harm the victim. It includes actions like spreading rumors, gossiping, excluding the victim from social activities or groups, and encouraging others to reject or isolate the victim. You'll probably actually see a lot of that kind on the school level. Aside from the verbal and physical, which is kind of a staple, the social bullying is a big thing where kids will ostracize other kids. They'll, they'll turn their friends against them. And that's actually something that I, I actually was dealing with with a parent and a child uh, just this last week. Um, and as young as six and seven, right? So very, very young, where they all, even in the sandbox, they're, you don't want to play with me? I'm going to turn all my friends against you. I'm going to turn your friends against you and leave you alone. Like leave you in being alone. Sexual bullying. Sexual bullying involves unwanted sexual comments, advances, or harassment. This can include sexual jokes, inappropriate touching, non-consensual sharing of explicit content, and other sexually offensive behaviors. And although there's no age group that's immune to this, you're going to see a lot more of the sexual bullying happening on the middle school and high school level. Okay? Racial and cultural bullying. Bullying can be based on a person's race, ethnicity, or cultural background. It includes racial slurs, derogatory comments, discrimination, and prejudice ba uh, based on these factors. All right? Uh, homophobic and transphobic bullying. And what you'll see this happening a lot with is usually our boys have a tendency to do the name calling and use a lot of these different things. This form of bullying targets individuals based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, or perceived orientation. It can include homophobic or transphobic slurs, derogatory comments, exclusion, and harassment. And boys love to say things, call each other gay, and all kinds of different things. And um, even in a Christian environment, there are going to be kids who are struggling with their sexuality. Um, and if, I mean, boys do a good job, I mean, girls too, but boys do a good job if they catch a whiff of that. I mean, they'll exploit it and they'll try to cause harm. So that happens as well. Disability bullying. Bullying can also target individuals with disabilities. This may involve mocking, belittling, or exploiting a person's disability or physical differences. Um, I see this happening a lot, and I'm actually getting ready to work on a training uh, with the police force um, on crisis intervention and how sometimes uh, disabilities that come with uh, different psychological, um, well, disabilities such as autism sometimes can be diff difficult to, um, to detect in people. So it's not uncommon for kids to be weird. I mean, what's normal, right? Normal is subjective. Uh, but 
sometimes kids don't do a good job of picking up that someone, just because they look quote-unquote normal on the outside doesn't mean that they aren't dealing with things internally, mentally, emotionally, physically, and usually will pick up, will take those disabilities and they'll pick on someone for those disabilities. Um, not knowing that, hey, this is a, a serious thing. Um, I will say at the same time, we are now in, in this kind of age of, of acceptance. We're starting to see um, kids do a better job with befriending and supporting and defending um, other kids with disabilities. So that's a plus. Um, but kids can also be ruthless and mean. And, and, some, and usually on the elementary and middle school level, they don't do as good of a job as maybe the high school kids and up of making sure they're being, they're being a good defense for people. Um, who may have a disability and that we just talked about the emotional or mental but of course that doesn't exclude physical disabilities being in a wheelchair um, people who have things like cerebral palsy etc okay appearance-based bullying this form of bullying targets individuals based on their physical appearance body size or clothing choices it includes body shaming making fun of someone else someone's appearance or engaging in appearance related criticism and so you'll see a lot of times this is in you, depending on like a child's upbringing you may not see it so much as a, as a, in the elementary although in upper elementary it can start uh, but especially in middle school and higher that body dysmorphia really starts to kick in right when um, we think about our girls who are starting to go through puberty right their bodies are starting to develop um, and sometimes they can I mean it, it, it exists on a spectrum where they may be more developed on than other girls and so they'll kind of get not necessarily picked on but made uncomfortable about it uh, that certainly doesn't exclude being picked on and then of course girls on the other side of the spectrum who haven't developed as much as some of the other girls and can get picked on for that but the boys as well um, uh, can can be a thing and for the same reasons for the body um, especially um, the boys who have a tendency to be more overweight have a higher chance a lot of times of getting picked on more and then of course it clothes clothing choices um, especially in a day and age where um, we can be pretty vain in our approach to people we can see that if someone is not wearing a certain brand or uh, don't have it you know even something silly like not having the latest gadget or phone or gaming system they can get picked on for it okay and then financial bullying financial bullying involves using economic power or control to harm someone it may include stealing or damaging personal property forcing the victim to give money or possessions or using economic leverage to manipulate or, or intimidate and this does exist um, for our kids as well um, that can be again because someone is bullying because they don't have um, a certain amount of things or can do a certain amount of things. This also may include that they have a lot of nice things. And so people pick on them or, not, or can steal their property um, or even, you know, the classic, give me your lunch money. <laughs> I'm not sure how much that's happening, but that concept is still, is still true. Okay? So um, we're going to look over to uh, the next thing is going to be the signs of bullying. I also want to remind you that if you haven't seen the back of your sheet, there are some lines. So if you want to write things down or we're going to do a Q&A at the end. Um, so I left a space on that for you. All right. We're moving along. Signs of bullying. Signs of bullying. Now I want to give you a big disclaimer. Okay. These may not be enough to be indicative of bullying. Okay. They may not be enough to be indicative of bullying. These issues can be caused by other circumstances, challenges, or needs. So if you suspect that your child may be bullied, you should, number one, talk to the child, 
And then number two, coordinate with their teachers and administrators, if you think that. Because we're going to look at this list and we can automatically think that, oh no, there's been a shift in X, Y, and Z. And that automatically means that my kid's getting bullied. Not so much. Okay? Um, so we don't want to just jump to conclusions, but it's important to look at the child holistically as we look at these different signs. But nonetheless, here are some signs of bullying. The first thing is emotional changes. This is sudden mood swings or emotional distress, frequent sadness, anxiety or depression, irritability, anger or increased aggression, withdrawal from family and friends, decreased self-esteem or self-confidence, frequent crying or emotional outbursts. So you can see from this, emotional changes are usually going to be negative emotional changes. Physical symptoms, unexplained injuries, bruising or scratching, frequent complaints about headaches, stomach aches, or other physical ailments, changes in eating or sleeping patterns, loss of appetite, and trouble sleeping. Now I want to add an asterisk to this. The, the physical symptoms that we just listed just then are, are, may look like, oh, that kid's getting beat up or something, but don't discount the physiological aspect to the mental component, meaning that someone who might just be getting, I say just, but getting mentally and emotionally abused can also exhibit a lot of these same symptoms, like they might develop the migraines, they might develop nausea, loss of appetite, inability to sleep, and our little, and our little kids, they might, in the, either, um, they might also do things like have regression, like they might go back to not being able to sleep through the night, they might go back to wetting the bed, right, some of those different components, okay? So the physical, we can kind of put a slash there and say physiological as well. Academic changes, a decline in school performance or sudden drop in grades, frequent absences from school or reluctance to go to school, skipping class, um, loss of interest in school activities or extracurricular activities. So someone who's getting bullied is not gonna wanna go to school. If they know that they have a bully that's in a specific class, they have a higher chance to skip because they, don't want, they wanna decrease as much of that interaction as possible. Social signs, loss of friends or avoidance of social situations, reports of not wanting to play with certain peers or go on to specific places, isolation from peers and a lack of social interaction and difficulty making and maintaining relationships. So this is just, again, that social status. Um, if they're getting bullied again, they're not gonna wanna be around people. Uh, it's gonna be easier for me to just be alone, to be a lone wolf than it is gonna be for me to try to make friends because the more I, the more I am um, present to people, the more susceptible I am to bullying and I don't wanna do that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up them as much as I can. Changes in, in personal belongings, all right? Missing or damaged personal belongings such as books, school supplies or clothing, requests for extra money or a loss of money without explanation, disrupted or destroyed schoolwork. This might look like coming home and you're noticing that your kid is just starving. I mean, kids are garbage disposals nowadays, right? Uh, but coming home and you're like, why are you so hungry? Didn't you eat lunch? Well, little Timmy's been taking her lunch every day, right? So or packing extra like why are you packing so much food well if i bring extra food then this person can just take this and i can still eat so those are some signs of that okay behavioral changes this is a big one a sudden change in behavior or personality fearfulness or nervousness about going to school or using the internet avoidance of certain routes or locations and reports of bullying behavior from the child themselves if they do confide um, in someone so usually as a parent, you know your kid, right? And so when you notice that there is a shift in their personality, 
especially when they become more uh, more reserved, they become more uh, reclused, like whether it's bullying or not, note that. Note that. When you notice changes, uh, there might be some other changes, maybe some emotional changes, but whenever you see the, the personality changes, they start becoming more irritable. They, they don't talk as much. They start becoming more isolated. Like, that's going to be a red flag no matter what is going on. Keep an eye on that, okay? Those behavioral changes. Psychological signs. Expressing feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness. Mentioning thoughts of self-harm or suicide. Take these statements seriously and seek immediate help. Parents, listen to me, all right? Especially some of us who are conservative parents, especially some of us who like, you know, we don't really, I know mental health is something that is kind of, I don't wanna say up and coming because it's always been around, but it's at the forefront now in society. And so sometimes we can think, oh, they don't mean that. Please don't play that game. Don't Russian roulette with your kid's life, okay? Like if they are, e like even, what, what do you say, like, in, in a little bit of, sar even in sarcasm, there's a little bit of truth, right? If they're even softballing, sometimes they'll do that. They'll softball that to just to see how you'll respond, right? To see how you'll engage. And this is how kids work, all right? Hear me. I worked with, I worked with kids full-time for six years, six and a half years before becoming a ther uh, full-time therapist, okay? Hear me. It only takes one or two times of you shutting them down emotionally that they'll stop coming to you and they'll figure it out themselves. They're gonna start dealing with it themselves and usually not in healthy ways. I wanna challenge you to be emotionally available for your child. If they're telling you that they're, uh, they're you start that they're feeling sad, they're seeing mopey, like they're not eating, you start to see these signs of depression. They don't wanna get out of bed, they have low energy, they're high irritable, they don't wanna do the things they normally enjoy. You start seeing those symptoms, they're important. All right, they're important. Um, I don't even wanna give you the statistics on suicide. I don't even want to give them to you because they're alarming, okay? Um, especially, so what we'll find out is that um, our girls will have higher suicidal ideation rate than boys, but our boys have higher completion rates. If they're, gonna, if, they, if they're there, they have a higher chance of taking it and succeeding than our girls do, okay? Big deal. Don't play with that. Don't play with that. I'm tired of counseling parents of grieve, grieving parents who've lost their kid because, and even um, we're dealing with some stuff right now about some kids going through some stuff. It's, it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. So if your child even just mentions it in passing, I want you to just like get on it, dig both claws in and make sure that you see that through. If your child is experiencing suicidal ideation, get them to the hospital. Get them to the hospital, even if, it just, and even if it's just an evaluation, the psychiatrist will look at them and they'll kind of give you some next steps. And I know how it is um, of having to go there and my kid's not crazy. And let me just, let me just do a little bit of like a, um, a little bit of a plug for, for mental health. Everyone thinks that if someone needs a counselor or a therapist, that that means that they're quote unquote crazy. Did you know that 75% of people who go to counseling go for everyday issues of, of functioning? 75% is just everyday functioning, just trying to make it <laughs> and just and, and relationships, adjusting to life, making changes like that, dealing with their relationships. Those are natural. Those are normal things. And they're the majority. Not everyone who goes to the, a psychiatrist or sees a therapist is going for schizophrenia or bipolar with psychotic features. It's everyday issues of functioning. And if your kid is struggling in today's day and age where mental health is almost popular, please don't play around with it. Please don't play around with it, okay? I want to make that plug. If, they, if they're expressing thoughts of self-harm or suicide, 
then make those changes. Make sure that you go and take care of it. Changes in digital behavior, in, and this is in cases of cyberbullying. Especially like, let me ask you this, how many of your kids got a cell phone? And they got a cell phone with data, all right? So they have access to the, all right, how many of your kids have social media? That you know of. <laughs> that you know of. You know what I'm saying? When I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for five and a half years, and just because I hadn't, when, you know how it, well, you may not know, but if you have someone's phone number, then sometimes it'll recommend their profile to you on whatever social media you found. And I have, you should be, you'd be shocked at how many um, of these kids' spam pages that I found where there are kids who are smoking, engaging in provocative behavior, all kinds of different stuff. So just because you don't know don't mean they don't got it. Okay? Um, but with that comes cyberbullying is a big thing. Okay, and one of the things about social media is that a lie. No one's gonna, most people are not gonna get on social media and broadcast all of their struggles. They're gonna get on there, she's gonna get on there, she's gonna post her picture, she's gonna put her filter on there, and she's gonna get all the likes and all the comments, and then they're gonna, you know, pick on other kids who don't look as good or as pretty or get as much likes. Or, and, and people can be ruthless on social media. Uh, you know, get on, a, get on, if you're on Instagram, go to any sports page and look at the post, and in those comments, all they're doing is saying the most disgusting things to each other. Bullying exists from the sandbox all the way up to the corporate ladders, right? And, and cyberbullying is a big thing. And so if you're wondering about, hey, there's some changes that's happening, and we're going to talk about some things that you can do to support your kid in a second, um, but keep an eye on their social media, right? Look into their messages. Um, if it, a lot of apps come now with a private mode or like a vanish mode, make sure that you check it, check their message requests. You know, a lot of times in the social media, they'll have a drop-down menu that lets you know they have multiple accounts. You, if you're going to let your kids have stuff, you've got to know how to work it because they are masters at hiding stuff. And the problem with being a master of hiding things is that when something is wrong, you won't know. You won't know. There's so many parents who, uh, who their kids sadly uh, are successful in, or in completing suicide and they find all kinds of things and they say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know they had that, I didn't know they went there, I didn't know they had that, that connection, okay? So be careful about that. So changes in, in digital behavior is an important thing. So as we move on, I know I'm flying through this because I want to give us time to talk and have questions and walk, work through things, okay? Um, here are ways to not support your child. Oh my gosh, hear me, okay? Put a star by this. Ways to not, ways to not support your child. Um, because remember, as we talk about the effects of bullying, if they feel invalidated by you, you might get one or two times. And they will not talk to you about it again. Because now they don't feel safe, now they can't trust you with their emotions, they can't trust you with their feelings, and they will not bring it up to you again. Okay? So make sure that you keep an eye on this. So here's some ways to not. Number one, don't minimize or dismiss their feelings. Telling the child that they're overreacting, that bullying is a normal part of growing up, or that they should toughen up, can make them feel unheard and invalidated. Bullying can have serious emotional consequences, and it's essential to take their feelings seriously. All right? Take them seriously. Blaming the victim. Avoid suggesting that the child is somehow responsible for the bullying or that they, can, or that they brought it upon themselves. Victim blaming can further damage their self-esteem and confidence. So let's say you and your, your kid gets into a fight at school, <clears throat> right? And they get into a fight at school and they get into a fight because, and they say, well, I was being bullied. What's important for you to do is not, because it takes two to tango sometime, most of the time, right? 
But how you talk, how you advocate for your child in front of your child is going to be very important, right? So that doesn't mean going to the office. I know we have our principal here, right? But that doesn't mean going to the office and <laughs> act a fool. My kid would never, my kid, da 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 No, you make sure that you interact with that situation in a way that's going to make sure that you take that you see the, the severity of what's happening, um, but also that you, that you advocate for your kid, okay? Now, when you leave, that's a different story of when now it's just you and your child and you can say, okay, here are some things, you know, that the teacher said, can we talk about this? Did you do X, Y, and Z? You know what I'm saying? But in front of other people, you don't want to cut them down, okay? So again, that doesn't mean go in there and act ugly. That just means that when you're in there, you gotta be tactful in your approach because again, we don't want them to feel invalidated. Don't encourage retaliation. All right, look, again, I'm from New York, right? And for a long time, I was the baby cousin. And my cousins would always beat me up all the time because if there's one thing that Xavier was gonna do, he's gonna have to defend himself because the Bronx is a tough place, right? And, I, and I, raised my, I, I helped raise my younger brother to be the same way, to learn to defend himself. But at the same time, retaliation can have serious risks, all right? While it's natural for the child to want to fight back or retaliate against the bully, it's, in, it's essential to emphasize nonviolent and safe solutions. Encouraging a physical retaliation can escalate the situation and lead to further harm, all right? To lead to further harm. You have a 50% chance that that won't work. Right? What happens if you encourage that kid that the next time he, t he says anything to you, you punch him in the face and he does serious damage to your child? Worse, he has friends that are now going to make, are now going to help him pick on you. Kids get jumped. Listen to me. Baltimore is a jungle, baby. All right? Hear me. Some of these kids have lived more life than you will live in two lifetimes. It's, it's dangerous out here. Kids are shooting, stabbing jumping like you can't you can't like even as an adult i don't even road rage i don't even road rage i don't even do it you know why because people carry weapons people die over silly stuff all the time and that does not exclude your kids be careful don't encourage the retaliation all right taking it a step further taking matters into your own hands Avoid confronting the bully or their parents directly, as this can potentially worsen the situation and escalate conflicts. Instead, work through appropriate channels, such as school authorities or law enforcement if necessary. I have seen it with my own eyes as a little girl got into an argument with another little girl, and that little girl and her mother jumped on that girl. I've seen it with my own eyes. The parents will get involved and fight your children too. You gotta be careful. It's not a game. It's not a game. Pressuring the child to out the bully. Forcing the child to reveal the identity of the bully, especially if they fear retaliation or social consequences, can create additional stress and fear for the child. Instead, encourage open channels of communication and reporting through proper channels. You have to be tactful about this, and here's why. You don't go here. Your kids do. They still have to deal with not only the bully, but the ramifications of the social environment as well. Oh, he's a snitch, can ruin. I've had kids in just, I've only been here for a couple years, and I've seen it where kids have finally got the strength to, muster up the strength to go and say something, and it got out and completely outcasted that girl. Completely, all right, by everybody. So 
that one wasn't bullying, but you got to be tactful. So I'm not saying don't say anything, but you want to make sure that you go to Miss Huey, you go to Miss Anderson, you go to uh, 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 Principal Andrews, and you go to them and you, you work through a plan on how to attack this so that it's not just, all right, guns blazing. Because again, your child still has to go to school, okay? Ignoring or avoiding the issue. Ignoring or avoiding the problem in the hope that it will go away on its own is not an effective solution. Bullying rarely stops without intervention, and it can have serious consequences if left unchecked. Failing to communicate. Failing to communicate. Not engaging in open and supportive communication with the child about their experiences and feelings can make them feel isolated and unheard. Be an attentive and empathetic listener. That's what we we're talking about, validation their, validating their experience. All right, here's what not to do, not involving the school authorities. If the bullying is happening at school, it is important to report it to the school authorities and work with them to address the issue. Failing to involve the school can result in the child feeling unsupported and can prolong the bullying even to death. Suggesting that they keep it a secret. Encouraging the child to keep the bullying a secret, even if it's done with good intentions to protect them, can isolate them further and prevent them from seeking help. Remember that some of these effects on bullying is mental, it's emotional, it's physiological. We don't want them to be by themselves. The next thing is dismissing the severity of cyberbullying. Cyberbullying can be just as harmful as in-person bullying. Don't dismiss online harassment as less serious and take appropriate action to address it. Again, know who your kids are texting. Those group chats can be vicious too. Careful, careful. Those group chats can be vicious too, all right? Don't dismiss it. So now that I told you what not to do, here's some things to do, okay? Listen actively. Encourage the child to open up about their experiences. Be a patient and empathetic listener, allowing them to share their feelings, thoughts, and concerns without judgment. Validate their emotions and assure them that you take their feelings seriously. Offer reassurance. Reassure the child that they are not alone and that you are there to support them. Let them know that you believe in their abilities to cope with the situation and that you are committed to helping them. So what you're going to see in a lot of this is more of the empowerment side in helping them and working on fostering healthy self-image, um, support, um, self-confidence are going to be big. Maintain open communication. Keep the lines of communication open. Encourage the child to talk to you whenever they experience bullying or related problems. Make sure they feel safe discussing the issue with you. Empower them. Teach the child to, that assertiveness, skills are important, and strategies for dealing with the bullying. Discuss ways to respond to bully, bullies um, calmly and confidently without resorting to violence. Help them to develop a strong sense of self-esteem. Document the incidents. Encourage a child to keep a record of bullying incidents, including dates, times, locations, and descriptions of what happened. This documentation can be valuable in reporting to the school authorities or law enforcement, because it's always going to be he said, she said. Okay? So keep that in mind. Involve school authorities. Reach out to the, school, the child's school to report the bullying, share the documented incidents, and express your concerns. Work collaboratively with the school staff to develop a plan to address the issue, ensuring the child's safety. Support their social skills. Help the child develop and strengthen their social skills. Encourage them to make new friends and participate in extracurricular activities and clubs where they can build positive relationships. Teach online safety. If cyberbullying is involved, educate the child about online safety, 
including how to block or report abusive users, privacy settings, and maintain a healthy online perspective. Now, I want to say this, that a lot of those kind of conversations should be happening before the bullying starts, right? Make sure that you're investing in your child. And I know it can be tough because especially the older they get, the less communicative they want to get, parents aren't cool, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but if you work on some of these things before bullying even starts, we want them to fight from a victory, not for a victory, right? So um, support their social skills, teach online safety. All right, here's a big one. Model positive behavior. Model positive behavior. Be a role model for the child by demonstrating kindness, empathy, and respectful communication. Help them to see what objectivity looks like. That, mean, that doesn't mean to dismiss your emotions. That means to consider your emotions and respond well. If they see you lashing out, getting unglued, getting hysterical about the situation, monkey see, monkey do. They're going to do the exact same thing, and it's going to get them in trouble. So you, and I, and I get it because I, I know how I am about mine, all right? Xavier will go to blows over his baby girl. But I have to teach her how to, be health, how to have healthy communication skills, healthy emotional processing. All of those things are important before the bullying starts so they can engage with it well. Okay? Because when you act irrationally, you make mistakes. All right? Seek professional help. If a child's emotional well-being is severely affected by the bullying or if they show signs of depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, consider seeking assistance of a mental health professional counselor. All right? Remember uh, therapy exists on a spectrum. It's not a bunch of quote-unquote crazy people. Most of it is people who go through everyday issues of functioning. Involve other trusted adults. Encourage the child to confide in other trusted adults such as teachers, coaches, or relatives who can offer support and guidance. Statistically, kids are less likely to go to their parents first. For whatever reason, you can tell your child something 60,000 times and some Joe Schmo will tell them at one time and they'll be like, oh, wow, what a profound statement. And it's like, I've been telling you that for a year. What do you mean? For whatever reason, and when it comes to parental figures, it's almost like you're too close to the situation for me to give validity to what you're saying. So a way that you can kind of get ahead of that is foster healthy relationships with other adults. Um, I heard about, um, even here at Rosedale, there have been several kids who have gone through some different things, and what they've done is confided in their teachers first, right, um, before they started going to, going to their parents for some support. So get ahead of that. Teach them to connect with other adults that can help them, especially when you're not always around. Right? I know I'm working eight to 10 hours most days, and because of that, I can't always be around my daughter. So, so I'm, gonna also, I'm gonna need to have other trusted adults who can be there to step in until I'm available, okay? Monitor their well-being. Keep an eye on the child's emotional and physical well-being. Check in with them regularly to see how they're doing and how they're coping with the situation, and if there are any changes in their behavior. Make sure you're having check-ins, right? Parents, you gotta get your face out of your phone, Get off, the, get off the couch and turn the TV off. And I get it, because we're tired. We're tired. But these years are so important, all right? And even if it just means taking just a little bit of time, I'm not saying you have to use your entire evening, right? Especially like, the, thank God, the older they get, the more that they can kind of uh, occupy themselves, right? Um, but take some time to say like, hey, how are you? How was your day? Are you making friends? Are your friends great? Like, who are your friends? Tell me their names. And here's what's important. 
especially when your kids are teenagers, they're probably not going to engage with you that much on it. But what's important is this. Hear me. Never underestimate the power of your presence. Create an environment that's conducive to the interaction. Because they may not always take you up with it, but if they know that coming to you is a safe space, they will when it's important. And so being able to say, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, mom, or I'm fine, dad, or I'm fine, grandma, or nana, whatever they call you, right? And, and saying, okay, are you really okay? Yes, I'm fine. Will you promise me that if something changes that you tell me? And the reason why you want to do that is because a lot of times if you pester, they're not going to want to talk to you. But if you just say, hey, I'm here for you, you can always talk to me about anything. And when they finally do, you can't freak. Because sometimes they're going come to come to you about some outlandish stuff. And you can't react. Okay, let's talk about this. And that will help them to start using you as the first option, not a second or third. Okay? And promote a positive home environment. Create a safe and nurturing home environment where the child feels loved and accepted. Emphasize their strengths and qualities. Kids are fundamentally annoying, right? And frustrating. And because of that, we have a tendency to tear them down, even in micro ways. And we want to build them up. The self-confidence, check this out. Sigmund Freud was a weirdo, 100%, right? But one thing that he did really well in nailing is that most of adult traumas are manifestations of their childhood. Last time I checked, I had seen 580 people for direct client counseling just this year. All right? And most of them are not dealing with things that just happened to them. Most of them are feeling the residual effects of their childhood. And guess where most of it started? At home at home with mom and dad and they grew up into not having healthy relationships because they didn't have healthy relationships at home there wasn't emotional validation at home so as adult they don't have emotional validation emotional processing emotional intelligence they don't they aren't good at defending themselves or setting healthy boundaries why because it wasn't modeled for them right don't fight in front of your kids if you can help it be a unified friend. And I'm not saying pretend that everything's all hunky-dory, la-la fairyland. What I am saying is that more is caught than taught. And if they see you do it, they're taking it all in. Kids are sponges and they're soaking all of that up. Watch how you talk to them. Watch how you treat them. Watch how you talk to each other. Watch how you treat each other because they're, they're noting all of those different things. And even up to teenage girls who are having unhealthy relationships with these boys, because they had unhealthy relationships with dad. Come on, y'all. It, it, it get quickly. They start <laughs> quickly. Okay? So how can I safeguard my kid? How can I safeguard them? So I'm going to just bullet point these so we can chat. Okay? I'm not going to explain all of these. You have it on your, you have it on your sheet. But some quick, some quick things. Um, open communication. Educate them about bullying. Promote empathy. Which is, um, empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is like, oh, I'm sorry that that happened. Empathy is, I see how that could bother you. It's putting myself in your shoes. It's walking a mile in their shoes, right? And so teach them to be empathetic people, to understand that people go through things and that kindness goes a long way. Model positive behavior. Set clear expectations. Develop social skills. Watch online safety. Encourage friendships. Promote high self-esteem. 
monitor online activity, supervise and check in, promote being assertive. Oh, I want to park here real quick. Assertiveness. There are four personality styles, okay? I want you all to know this. There's passive, passive-aggressive, aggressive, and assertive. Most people are not assertive people. Our passive people are the ones who don't like conflict, so they avoid it by any means necessary. Passive, pass, passive people get pushed around, right? Passive people get bullied. Passivity sometimes becomes passive aggression. What's wrong? Nothing, but they're slamming doors. Nothing, but they're cold shoulder. Nothing but they have an attitude, right? And so they don't want the conflict, but they're hurt and it's seeping out, right? Then aggressive. These are my passive people who've had enough. So if you notice that out of nowhere, your kid is just like this angry, they retaliate, they lash out, they talk back, they're, they hit their limit. They hit their limit. But assertive people are the ones who can communicate their thoughts, feelings, and emotions in a healthy and calm manner. And that, Im that involves being able to have healthy body, body language awareness, being able to be active, being a good active listener, and being able to be clear and concise in their needs and expectations. So facilitate bodily awareness, teach them to be clear. Don't talk or beat around the bush. Well, you know, I wanna, I didn't, I really, I don't know, but no, 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 spit it out. What do you need? and encourage them to speak up and then to be good listeners. That's how you promote assertiveness, okay? My goal, I know that I'm not always gonna be able to be around my daughter, so I need her to be able to advocate for herself, right? And so kids who advocate for themselves, I'll even take it a step further, so maybe a little bit of TMI, but whatever. Um, my daughter, so for those of you who don't know, my daughter is only two and a half years old, she's really young. But she knows all the body parts, all of them all of them okay she knows what her genitalia is called we don't use little like euphemisms we don't use little like cute names for it she knows exactly what it's called so that god forbid god forbid anybody did anything she could tell me exactly what happened right so we got to be able to teach them clear because unfortunately i have family members who have been assault sexually assaulted right and if they can't clearly say what happened, then it's gonna be he said, she said. How do you know that that's what she's talking about? How do you know that? No, 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 she knows, she knows. And furthermore, not only does she know, but she knows what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And if she can grasp that at two, then your elementary school kid, middle school kid, high school kid can do the same thing. If they've been taught to communicate, if they've been taught to be assertive, if they've been taught to defend and advocate for themselves, because if they're not, you know that most sexual assaults aren't reported on the first day? I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's at least 48 hours before they even, before they, and that's just if they have the kind of confidence to do it. Some women and, and boys will go weeks, months sometimes. You can't perform a rape kit after eight months. You see what I'm saying? They have to be able to know to speak up and to advocate for themselves up front. Promote assertiveness. And that was an extreme example, but we can never be too careful, right? Build resilience. All right? And by the way, check this out. Resilience is not healing. Resilience, resilience means to be able to bounce back. Right? You're back against the ropes, but you, you, you're back in the fight. 
roll with it, right? Yeah, that happened, but get up, shake it off, dust it off. That is not healing. Healing Im involves exploring it, its mental and emotional effects on you, the, yeah, the psychological effects, and working through those situations. A lot of kids who, d who have been bullied as a child take that into adulthood where they're still going to get bullied because they're going to get pushed around, right? So teach them not just to re be resilient, to develop, develop quote-unquote strength, but also to build healing. Teach healing properties early. Establish safety plans. What do you do in this situation? Who do you talk to? In the, in the age of social media, most of us only know, on social media but smartphones, most of us only know like seven numbers now. <laughs> Where back in the day, you had the whole phone book memorized, right? Does your child know your, mem your number by heart? Do they know you by something other than mom and dad? Do they know your real name? Rowan will call me Xavier. She knows my name. I need her to know it. Where, who's your dad? What's your dad's name? She can tell you. Who's your mom? What's your mom's name? She can tell you at two and a half, right? Because it's important. Establish safety plans. Make sure that there's, um, uh, back in the day, my mom used to uh, write my name, my number, address in my backpack, all of that stuff, and the tags of their clothes. Have plans in place. What do you do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Establish safety plans. Report bullying. Work with schools. And then again, seek professional help.